Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. But listen, what about um, something like, uh, hey, listen, we're the Empty Betters, and you want to lose your money, you bet on us. Everybody and welcome back to episode 135 of Empty Betters. I'm your host Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host Nick Manella. What's going on, my friend? Not a whole lot, dude. But we are back. Finally, After- so good to say that. That long ass summer, um, starting to go away, which is nice. We're starting to hit fall here, and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for hockey to come back. Amen. We are kicking off the 2022 and 2023 campaign right now. We took our good old sweet time off during summer vacation. I think we did a record low of two episodes, so that's awesome. In the past, we've done fillers, but we're rested, we're recovered, we're recharged, and we're ready to go. It's going to be a fun season, our fourth season doing this podcast. Can't believe that I'm actually saying that. Uh, And before we get going even further, I'm going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host, Mac Vogel up in Wisco. What's going on, buddy? How are we doing? Feeling good. I'm uh, very excited to be back, like Nick was saying. Feels feels great to be back in the swing of things. I'm excited for NHL season. Big beer. Yeah, big beer alert. Feels like there's a lot to... uh, Lot to unpack. A lot of moves around the NHL. A lot of... uh, a lot of trades, new signings, stuff like that. So I'm excited to kind of dive deeper into the uh, <laughs> dive deeper into the NHL lore with you boys, as always, and uh, tell you why the Arizona Coyotes are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Wow! If you're not watching on YouTube, you definitely should be, and you'll know why we're giggling in the background. But Mac, I think we have to discuss the biggest uh, league news before we hop into the division previews. Um, you've been suspended. By Milwaukee oh, Beer League. God damn. Yeah, I have. I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Almost forgot about it. But um, in the beer league system, slashing offenses are considered exceptionally heinous. They're split yeah. into two groups. The people that got suspended and the people that didn't. These are their I, stories. I could literally hear Shanahan going, this is a beeline <laughs> cross check at the buzzer. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I may or may not have delivered, but um. Well, it's story time with Mac before we get rolling. So why don't you share with the listeners what all went down? All right. So we 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 had our first game of the Winter League a uh, couple weeks ago, and which felt early. Um, felt early to me. Kind of snuck up on all of us. Summer League just ended, but uh, yeah, first game. And I look on the schedule, and granted, I've been in the same men's beer league now for I think this is like four or five years. I played in the same league while I was in college and everything. Um, and I look at the schedule and the first team on there, I've never heard of them before. I'm like, who the hell is this? Like, and like, we've always had the same like teams in the league. My first assumption was like, oh, someone got a new sponsor or something. Right. Cause we've changed names too, but we're the same team. Uh, and I get there and we're in the locker room talking about it. And everyone's like, no, I think it's actually like a new team. Like we play in the B league and apparently like the A league folded. Cause it's only like three try hard teams that like, play each other over and over again. So they like spread them out into the B league or whatever. Uh, anyway, there's this new team. We're like, I don't know where the hell these guys have come from, but let's go see what they're all about. 
we go upstairs. You got to go up the stairs to get to the rink, which is kind of cool. Get there, and uh, you can tell right away. You're like, oh, fuck this. Like, it's like a bunch of, like, college kids. Like, not, they have, like, no old men on the team, which is already, like, a big no-no in this league. Like, you got to have a couple old men on your team. It's just, like, a rite of passage. Uh, and you can tell, like, they, they literally have, like, 22 guys out there. And you're like, bro, what is this? We've got, like, 11. Like, and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, 11, 12. There's like, you know, there's unwritten rules in beer league where you're like, don't come up, don't come through with like 25 guys and don't like, I don't know. It's just an army of college grads. Yeah. Yeah. Don't right try away, hard. It's like yes, exactly. unwritten rule. And number so one, right away. They're rubbing us wrong. I line up for the opening face off with one of these guys and they're all wearing the visors too. Like none of them have the full cage because they think they're hot shit. And so like, I, I just like turn to one of them. I go guys got a fuckload of people over there on the bench and the guy's like oh you know we're just uh excited for the first game and i'm like yeah okay and so like we play like a pretty close game granted and they are good they're skating circles around us they're, they're peppering us our goalie played well but um it was like we were actually winning at one point three to two in like the second period uh and then things kind of went out like out of hand we lost uh lost a player had to leave got like a little injury, like re-aggravated, re-aggravated an injury, had to leave. And then we had like even less guys and we're super tired. They pull away. They end up like, it's like five to two. And we line up for the third period or like line up for like the, there's literally like a minute left in the third period at this point, line up for the opening or the closing face off. And I literally, like, I just had it at that point. And I was also kind of drunk. And I was like, I said to one of the guys, no, yeah. What? Uh, I said to one of the guys, um, wow, you guys really know how to uh, how to ruin a beer league game. Like, because they just, they did. They just took all the fun out of it. And that's all we were talking about on the bench the whole time. It's like, they just took all the freaking fun out of this shit. And the guy's like, oh, what? Because you're losing or whatever. And I was like, no, it's not because you're losing. It's not because we're losing. It's because you guys like walk in here like like you're hot shit and you don't know how to act in a new league like there's there's certain things that are done this way and have been done this way for a long time and like i don't really like you guys just like i just spoke my mind said all that shit and he's like oh whatever like so we're like yapping at each other up and down the ice for the last like 30 seconds here and he's like whatever like and then 10 seconds left on the clock and the puck like spills out to like center ice and he's got a breakaway and he goes down like hard as hell i apparently had two goals i didn't even realize this and so he's going for the hattie with like 10 seconds left and they're already winning by like three and he goes down there and like does a deke and like just domes one off the crossbar like you could hear it ring hard like and like our goalie was like barely even like paying attention like didn't care didn't want this to be happening already has his gear off (laughs) Pretty much. And I'm like, okay, that's it. So at that point I did kind of make a beeline like all the way down the ice. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Like I was, I was pointing at him the whole time. I was like, nope. And I like go down there and just kind of like, you know, I, I like grabbed him and I did, I did throw a punch. That's what I will admit to doing. I threw a punch, oh. hit him in the jaw, glove on, glove on. Come on. It's like, yeah. it's not going to hurt. He's got a visor on there, right? Yeah. Nice. I, I, I hit him in the chin. But Locker like, boxing. Yeah. Yeah. whatever so he like threw one back at me i've got a cage on so it's like nothing and then after that both teams you know like are like tackling each other and everyone's like grabbing each other and the rest didn't say anything like i didn't even know anything happened just guys being in dudes. fact in fact his whole his whole team came over 
sent him out. They were like, get out of here, get out of here. And like sent him to the locker room. And they were all like nicer about it. They were like, he, he's an idiot. Like he was, he doesn't know how to act. He was going for the freaking hat trick. Like we'll talk to him. He, he like, and we we're like, yeah, this just, we don't really do shit like that here. And he's like, okay, like we get it. Like, I'm sorry. Like they were being nice about it after that, but there was just this one guy just didn't know how to be. And uh, that's basically the gist of it. And then the next, like next day I get a text in the, in the little like group me that we have um for my team and they're like who's number 14 and i'm I'm like uh that would be me and they're like yeah so you and uh alex one of my buddies uh are bounced from next game and they they said the reason i was bounced because i made a beeline cross check at the buzzer which i didn't really do but i did make a beeline punch to the jaw so okay so so like if be. they're going to suspend you, at least suspend you for the correct terminology and, then, and, right? Yes. And to be fair, last <laughs> thing I'll say about it, two of their guys got suspended from the next game too. So it was like oh. okay. two, two apiece. So, I mean. Okay. So it's I even. Guess, yeah. But so we're, you, we're a big free Mac podcast. Yeah. Right well, of course. Yeah. So you basically gave him a welcome to the show rookie kind of moment. Exactly. And yeah. I told him too, I was like, hey, before you guys play the beer barons, you're going to want to talk to that dude because they're not going to be as nice as we were. And they were like, oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> there you go. So where where do things stand with the beer barons now? Is beef on or off? Uh, beef is on, I would say. For Winter <laughs> okay. League, it's always on. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for all that drama. But what but... you could do, because what unites people better than a common enemy is this kid. So when he does this shit with them, now they can take their beef, put it with your beef, and now you guys have a, a beef together, which is the beef strongest kind of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good <laughs> idea. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and that was cooking with empty butters. What's beef nice. plus beef, Nick? I thought you were going to go somewhere with that. It's just more beef, baby. M- more I'm beef. beef. Okay. We are uh, free Mac. Hashtag free Mac. If you're listening right now, he should not be suspended. There was no cross check involved whatsoever. We need to let the league know. Wasn't um, on Sports Center. We tried to appeal it. We we literally they had me send an email to like the the uh, the director of the league. Oh, and he, really? His explanation to me, he was like, "Listen." I watched the live barn footage. I understand like what you're arguing. Everyone was like guilty, whatever. And he's like, however, I'm not going to overturn what the ref decided because I have, I already have a ref shortage problem and they hate me. And if I undermine his call, I'm going to like lose another ref. And I was like, all right, I get it. Politics. Okay. At least he's honest with you. Yeah. No, he told him, he told me straight up and I was like, all right, well, you might have just exposed and maybe now people hate him more. Um, moving on, Nick, I believe that you also had a hell of a time down in Tennessee over the weekend. How was that experience? I did. Yeah, I got to celebrate the the B-Day down in uh, in Bristol, Tennessee. Huge bucket list uh, thing for me. I've been waiting 28 years to see Bristol Motor Speedway live. You guys know I love my cars, my NASCAR, and I uh, went down there with um, uh, the group of guys that I usually do races with. We usually do a couple a year and um, got to tailgate and we camped, uh, which is something that I have not done at a NASCAR race before, uh, which was a very interesting experience. Also just, um, that's the furthest South I've been to a NASCAR race since I've been to Daytona, which doesn't really count as the South in my opinion. Um, this, I mean, to get to Bristol, you are driving down windy ass, tiny little roads through the middle of absolutely nowhere. And honestly, I didn't think we were going to get there. And then out of nowhere, this field just opens and there's a racetrack. (laughs) 
Field, so, of, Field of Dreams, but Track of Dreams. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, it's like about six, seven hours driving each way, but it was a ton of fun. We had a great setup. Uh, our food for the weekend was 100 tenders from Racing Canes. So that was awesome. But <laughs> by about sick. like 10 a.m. on Saturday, I was like, if I see another chicken tender, I'm going to throw up and shit my pants at the same time. <laughs> How the tent smell? The tent smelled like a barn. I mean, four dudes in a tent for, for two yeah. nights and you don't really sleep. Um, you're on the ground and you got a little padding underneath of you. But um, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I like the last time I think I went camping was when my brother had a Cub Scout retreat or something <laughs> that I got dragged on. Like not really yeah. a big camping guy. Um, you're, talking the up- miss, you're talking to Mr. REI here. I go camping. I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. But it was it was fun, good ass time, ton of great people to tailgate with. the The race atmosphere itself was electric. Um, it's who won, a who won? Uh, Chris Busher won the Cup race, and Gragson won the Xfinity race. So, nice. um, great racing all the way through. Chase was second in the Cup race. Um, it's a really really cool venue because it's banked like Daytona, but it's only a half mile long, so you can see everything, mm, yeah. and it's just a a bowl of a hundred and. 40,000 people screaming. What uh what place did uh uh Rick Del Grango finish in? Uh 69th. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um last thing talking NASCAR. Did you hear that A Shock, our favorite energy drink, that would be a great sponsor one day. Did you hear that uh A Shock removed their sponsorship with Hendrick Motorsports? They did, and do you know how I heard about that? Uh the guy who bought the raisin canes for y'all or that's probably I yeah. <laughs> I had a text this morning and yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a big deal, guys. Like, you know, it sounds like the news got broken to you the same way it got broken to me. Exactly. Sounds like they need someone new to sponsor, is what I'm I mean. know. I will say shout out to A Shock. I had one of the orange vanilla ones like oh. halfway through Saturday. Not a big energy drink guy, but uh that was awesome. Yeah, I will say free ad here. Uh, if you're still drinking, you know, Monster, Red Bull, whatever, you need to switch to A Shock. You will find them at some of your convenience stores, depending where you're located. Uh, all natural ingredients, phenomenal flavors. They're great. I really hope one day we can swing a sponsor with them. So, like, you know, the um, that feeling you get from a Red Bull, it's like you're like four sips in and the like, wings. Yeah, exactly. Those. Yeah. Um, and then your stomach starts to hurt and your heart is like you're like working twice as hard. None oh, of yeah. that with a shock whatsoever. No wings. Yeah, nope. exactly. No wings. Um, yeah. So great to hear that you guys are all doing good. Um, I'm starting up winter session here soon. Uh, went to the Ravens game against the Dolphins. Just about wanted to die and jump off the top row. Yeah, that was uh, brutal, dude. We were watching that in the truck on the way home and like it was over. I'm glad yeah. I worked all the way through that. Checked the score in the third, and I was like, oh, good. Checked the final score two hours later. I was like, oh, I'm really glad I was at work this whole time. Wow. Yeah, talking football with Harry is for another time, but I'm pretty sure everybody wants to start hearing the hockey news. So we will get to that now. But before we do, you know the drill for the fourth season in a row. This episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like Gus and grew up on the water and outdoors and sleep in tents outside in Tennessee like Nick, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, 
Brackish Life. Haven't read that in a while. I will get smoother as the season goes. Dude, um, I did have my uh, my long sleeve UV shirt on. That was my pajama shirt every night. And it was perfect because, you know, when you went to sleep, it was probably like 65 degrees. And then when you woke up in the morning, it was probably like 55. And I was equally cool and warm both times. It's all about temperature sensing, which Brackish Life is yep. great at. Uh, go check them out. Love you, Kyle. Appreciate you as always. Um, real quick, NHL news before we get to the division preview. Uh, Keith Yandel, Zdeno Chara, and P.K. Subban all retired on the same day yesterday, September 20th. Uh, three legends of the game on the blue line all retire within one day. Chara signs a one-day contract with the Bruins to retire as a Bruin. Uh, quick thoughts on this. Chara, no-brainer first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. yeah. Definitely. Um, I was a little surprised that PK Subban hung him up. He still seems like he has uh, some juice left. Maybe not that top two D man he once was, but I didn't think that he was going to retire. I thought so too. I thought he could go a little longer, but uh, I mean, still fucking heck of a career Uh, hats off to the guy for sure. And it was cool seeing highlights of all three of these guys like circle around the feeds the last couple of days. Absolutely. All three of them have had some absolutely electric highlights over their illustrious careers. I just I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think that Yandel Ironman record is going to get touched. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Does Kessel have a chance or did he get? He, it... He's still I think he is I think still, he's still there going. Yeah. Kessel's about I want to say off the top of my head, maybe like 60 games behind. Oh, so he could do it this year. He oh, could, wow. he could, because remember there was that whole storyline last year where he played one shift, then his kid was born, and he left. Yeah, that's the game. right. I do remember okay, that. That's right. So uh, Phil's close. Leave it to the Knights though to fumble the bag on that one, like uh, just scratch him agree. or something, just like or just like somehow like forget that that's a thing or something, and like yeah, yeah, scratch him or or like that yeah. would be a Cassidy move. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those three guys all retire, and Nathan McKinnon became the highest paid NHL player in history since the salary cap era in 2005. Uh, eight year deal at 12.6 AAV with 85 million dollars in signing bonuses. Mac Daddy just became the daddy of the Colorado Avalanche, well deserved, off the cup run, good for him. <clears throat> makes sense why Kadri ended up leaving town now. Um, any thoughts? <clears throat> I mean, well, you nailed it. Well-deserved. That guy was getting paid five and a half for like four years where he probably should have been making well over 10. Yeah. Um, yep. So this is great to see. I have a feeling that we're going to be saying highest paid contract or highest whatever paid player in NHL history in the salary cap era every two years now, uh, yep. just because this is the way it's going to go. Yep, uh, let the Austin Matthews drama in 2024 get started. So, uh, yeah, Nate Mack gets paid, and then the Blues, they end up signing Jordan Cairo to an eight-year deal worth $65 million. When you win the fastest skater competition in the All-Star game, you always end up tagging an extra $10 million. So good for Cairo. I like that deal for the Blues, too. I think that is a, a player that you can build around for the next eight years. You can add pieces to. Guys are going to want to play with them. Home run signing, in my opinion. And we will chat a little Couldn't bit more. more. Yep, and we will chat a little bit more about the Blues here shortly. So this episode, we are covering the Central Division. We will be doing our Central Division previews. Uh, before we hop into it, I think Mac has a word from Sharp Rank. I sure do. 
yeah. This season, just like last season, just want to remind you that all of our picks are powered by Sharp Rank. Uh, if you don't have Sharp Rank already, you should download the app right now. Go in, make your picks, hold yourself accountable for uh, what you're predicting in the sports world, especially the NHL world. And more importantly, follow us on Sharp Rank. We're all on there. You can find that on our Twitter and Instagram and pretty much all our socials. So, uh, yeah, get with the Sharp Rank game like us. Absolutely. We will be making a Sharp Rank NHL League for this season. Details coming soon to a theater near you. So definitely download the app if you haven't already. We'll have some prizes, uh, some fun stuff in that league over the course of the season. So without further ado, let's get into the Central Division preview. Uh, this is a gambling podcast. We all know that already. So let's talk division winner odds. Uh, we have the Colorado Avalanche coming in at hefty favorites to win the Central Division this year. The reigning Stanley Cup champions are minus 175. Next in line, we have the Minnesota Wild at plus 400. Next in line, we have the St. Louis Blues at plus 900, followed by the Dallas Stars at plus 1100, the Nashville Predators at plus 1100, the Winnipeg Jets at plus 2000. Our intern Jackson's Chicago Blackhawks at plus 10,000 and the Arizona State Coyotes at plus 10,000. Fellas, I think it's pretty easy to say that we all, you know, the easy picks the abs here. Before we dive into each team individually, what are your thoughts on the odds alone? It's about what I would expect. You know, the abs, obviously, you're going to have as the heavy favorite in this division. Uh, the bottom end of this division, I feel like, is starting to fall off a lot. And that's probably the polar opposite to where the Pacific was maybe two to three years ago, I would say. They've kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Uh, I'm interested to see what the Preds do, because I feel like they did a lot of good things. But who knows? This is right off the hop. So, you know, this is all going to change two weeks in. I got to say, what jumps out at me just... After looking at that, I agree with Nick. It is pretty much what I would expect. But what jumps out to me is I think your best bang for your buck is the Blues. I think plus 900, mm -hmm. that's a team, and we'll get more into it in a bit, but that's a team that to me could totally win that division. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think value-wise, I like Blues plus 900. Um, I do think Predators at plus 1100 is tempting. Uh, you know what you're getting in net. They added... Ryan McDonough in the offseason. We'll talk about all this shortly, but I like for value. The Predators are uh, are decent. I like that. The Wild are tempting to me too, but like until they win something, I'm not going to put futures on them anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so starting off, the Colorado Avalanche. We'll, we won't go too, too in-depth. We're just going to let you know what happened in the offseason, what our immediate thoughts are. Um, who they lost. They lost Nazem Kadri, Darcy Kemper, Jack Johnson, Andre Burakovsky, uh, Nicholas Abu Kubel and Nico Sturm. Uh, and then additions, they pick up Alexander Georgiev from the Rangers. So a lot of subtractions, not too many additions there. Uh, again, we're making the notable ones here. They could have gotten a couple depth AHL guys, but we're not including that on here. Um, what do you guys think are their odds of being back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions? Not as high, I think, as a lot of people would think. And the main reason I say that is they've got a question mark in goal. Who's going to start? Is that going to be Franco's or is Georgiev going to come in and be this A1 guy that we've kind of seen glimpses of in the past, but I wouldn't say we've seen it enough consistently to give him that spot yet. 
I couldn't agree more. I think that this, to me, is a lot like what the Caps did right after they won the Stanley Cup. They lost Holpe, they lost Grubauer, and they decided to, you know, kind of build around their offense and defense, and and they kind of felt like they could lack a little bit in goal, which it proved that they couldn't afford to do so. And I'm a little worried about the same thing for the Avalanche with um, the two guys that they have. I mean, it's a classic example of one of these guys has a chance to really prove themselves. I think especially so for Georgiev, having been behind Shesterkin and, um, you know, not really have having a huge chance with his other team to, to jump into that starters role. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens, but I don't see a very high chance of them being able to repeat, which is another reason why I like someone like the St. Louis Blues to maybe come out of this division. Yeah, we obviously know repeating is extremely tough to do. Um, you know, strangely enough, we had two teams do it in the last couple of years, you know, the last seven, um, and there was a huge drought in between. One addition I did forget to mention, again, this is like a running list that we're getting off the internet, so apologies. Evan, Evan Rodriguez from the Penguins signs with the Avs. Uh, my biggest question mark, not so much who's in between the pipes. I think not, no disrespect to Kemper, but not the best goaltender in the league. Definitely, I think, solidified himself as a top 10 after last season. Um, but I think you can kind of plug and chug like a decent av- above-average goalie, and they can be good. But that departure of Nazem Kadri, man, that's a huge loss. And now you got Alex Newhook, who's got his chance to shine as the projected number two center, according to Daily Faceoff. Uh, people forget Kadri, I think it was last season, uh, like – what halfway through the season he was top five in scoring was potential MVP yep. candidate before he got hurt I think um, so yeah Kadri had a monster season goes to the Flames obviously that second line gotta wonder what's gonna happen I mean I know New Hook's got game so we'll see that's interesting and I think you bring up a great point is is he ready to be a second line <clears throat> center um, I will say I do love the I mean as much as I don't like Evan Rodriguez I do love this move for them because let's say. I don't know, Lekkinen or Landis Cog, or sorry, when they get hurt, uh, Rodriguez will just move up and he loves those top six minutes. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't hate him anymore because I have no reason to. I mean, I, I, this is a great, great pickup for them. I love that third line or at least the the probable third line, possible third line of Rodriguez, Comfer and Logan O'Connor. I mean, that could be a really fun um, third line for the Avs there. This is also like people are not talking about this enough. I mean, this is shaping up to be one of the best defensive cores, if not the best defense core in the NHL. I mean, Taves McCarr, I would say at this point, has to be considered the number one pair overall. Yeah, that's probably. And then a healthy Gerard and Josh Manson is not one I would want to go up against either because one guy can blow right past you. The other guy will just eat you. Their third pairing is Bowen Byram and Eric Johnson. I mean, that's I would kill to have anyways. So yeah. Right. I think that's the one part that that maybe uh, we didn't look at soon enough was the the defensive core. Do they repeat? I I don't see it. I I don't think that they'll repeat. I'm. It's just it's very hard to do. I'm not sold on that. Like, um, I don't know. You look at like Vasilevsky, you know, those are teams that go back to back. They have that a one goalie. I don't see that with the Avs right here. That's the only reason I'm going to say no, but will they be back in the conference finals? Yeah, I'm pretty certain of that. To me, they're a team that is going to contend for the division all season long and maybe win it and then 
lose in the second or third round of the playoffs. If they got to the conference finals, I would not be shocked at all. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think some other teams around them in the West, both in the Central and the Pacific, got a lot better and are going to put up bigger fights this season. Yes, they have a lot of recovering to do from a crazy offseason as well. But Nick, before we move on to the Minnesota Wild, I think you have some tips for our listeners about their recovery. Absolutely. Just like the Avs got to recover from their Stanley Cup hangover, you guys have to recover from your gym hangovers. I know after I go to the gym, my knees and my back are killing me. So that's why I started wearing cane footwear because they make their shoes out of Brazilian sugarcane for both support and bounce back cushioning. Took my cane footwear down to Bristol with me, hosed them off every morning, completely clean, completely comfortable, wasn't hot, wasn't cold. And I climbed about 39 flights of stairs each day to get up to my seat. So uh, yeah, I needed those a lot. Link in our bios on our social media profiles for you to purchase a pair. Use that link. Please support us and we appreciate it. Those college editions are fresh. The they're awesome. Rolling out. But how about that? That is that is fresh yeah. as hell. If you, uh, if you go to a, a prominent college or university in the u.s you should definitely check out see if they've made a uh, a pair for your school because they just may have uh yeah they, i think they got like five sec schools right now more coming stay tuned um we're all looking forward to that uh moving on the minnesota wild uh who they lost this offseason they lost cam talbot kevin fiala and nick delorier and they added philip gustafson nick patan Andre Schuster and Marco Rossi. They also had two first round picks in this year's NHL draft. Uh, so I think the big question now, uh, and it was a controversy last year, they got flurry at the trade deadline. Talbot was playing really good before that already. And then they ended up kind of giving flower the cage in the playoffs, just lead them, you know, against the blues. They lost the series to the blues in, I believe six, if memory serves correctly, now it's Flowers' cage completely. He's the number one. Um, obviously, Gustafson will be backing him up. Talbot leaves. And I think the biggest you know, debt to their roster is that Kevin Fiala had a monster breakout season last year, and he leaves town now. What do you guys think the Wild are capable of this season? I think this Fiala loss is really going to hurt this team. It leaves a big hole that, you know, he he really stepped up last year and took charge. He made a lot of guys around him look a lot better. And I think padded a lot of their numbers for him. I look at this Minnesota wild team. And the first thing that jumps out to me as a problem is defense. Yes. So um, just taking a look, you know, you got, uh, I don't mind Brodeen and Dumba on a top pair. I think when Brodeen's playing well, he can play a great shutdown game. I think when Dumba's healthy, he can move the puck very well. The key is for him, it's just staying healthy and playing a full 82 for once. Second pair on the left, Jacob Middleton, I'm a little ambivalent about. And then the bottom pair is really where I start to get nervous because I think teams that they're going to play a lot of games of are just going to eat these guys alive. Yeah, so mostly you're referencing Alex Goligoski, who could be a starting pitcher for the Twins if you missed that clip. Um, this kid, Kalen Addison, I want to talk about him a little bit. Uh, I believe that's the guy that the Penguins traded to get Jason Zucker. He was a very, uh, highly rated defense. It was him or his brother, I think. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how he pans out. And obviously their captain Jared Spurgeon can't forget him defense. Yeah. I think it might be a tiny bit shaky, but I agree with you that second line without Fiala, um, you know, they got Marco Rossi stepping in as the second line center. And that's an interesting one, too, because remember, he couldn't play for a year after having COVID because it almost killed him. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, 
Mac, what are your thoughts? This is a, a team that I really don't know what to expect from. Like looking at their forward core, there's a chance that they could be like really good or like painfully underwhelming. Uh, and with the D, I kind of agree. Like to me, there's a there's a household name on each pairing, at least the way Daily Faceoff has it. I mean, you know, we we don't even know who's going to make this team yet, of course. But the way Daily Faceoff has it projected, there's a household name on each pairing. I'm considering that Dumba on the first one, Spurgeon on the second one, Goligoski on the third one. Uh, but their partners, you know, besides Brodine, are all kind of question marks. Um, the power play, you know, I mean, they, they've got a lot of good pieces, but I don't know how this team is going to mesh. That's kind of my concern. I'm, I'm a little concerned about like chemistry and, and especially if you're looking at like the third and fourth forward lines, there's a lot of kind of random guys here where it's like Connor DeWar, Brandon Duhame, like they could be good. Marco Rossi, he's going to need to really step into a big role to be the second-line center or the third-line center on a team like this. It could go either way. I know that's a cop-out answer, but I, I don't know how I feel about the Minnesota Wild. Basically. Scale of 1 to 10, where do you rate this third line? Give them the third-line test. Well, I really like that third line. To be the honest. Third I don't like the second line. is good, yeah. I like me, it on paper, but I have a feeling that Eric Erickson Eck is going to end up playing second line center at some no, point. No, he, he will. He will. He'll play above Rossi. I think that that for sure will be switched. That's um, a big body line right there. Oh, Erickson yeah. Eck, Foligno, and Greenway. Yeah, I, I like that line. I actually don't hate it. The part for me is... You know, Matt Boldy, the kid, I think he's the hometown kid. He's from Minnesota, big young kid. Last year lit it up when he came up from the AHL. Can he keep that going? Because that second line, Yost and Boldy, unproven. Rossi, unproven. Is Flurry washed? Straight up, I'm asking, is Flurry washed? I don't I don't think I can really ever call Flurry washed because he just somehow like he'll have it's the same message for the last 20 years. He'll have stretches of brilliance and stretches of misery. So I don't know how to answer that question. I don't feel as good about the wild this season as I did last. Oh, season. absolutely. There's that's a great, that's a great way to put it. And I can't explain this one. Cause he's been, he's been all over now, but there's something that I don't like about flurry in, in the rivalries that are in the central division. Like he, he spent a lot of his career in the Metro or, you know, Southeast or whatever it was called while he was there playing for the Penguins, playing the Caps all the times. And I feel like he ate up that rivalry. He ate up a lot of those East coast rivalries, Vegas. He seemed to kind of like get into it a little bit with some of the, you know, the West coast desert teams. This is just a random thing, random gut feeling I have, but I just, I don't like how I've seen him kind of like, play against the blues and like the predators. Like, I just think it's the wrong division for him, which is, a, Interesting. I, I guess maybe a weird thing to say, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out for the wild. I don't know if he's washed. I'll, I guess Harry, you put it a good way. I'll say, you know, just it's kind of a wait and see, cause you're going to have up moments with him as he gets older. And you're also going to have down moments as he continues to age. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of load management here between the two tendies. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I think they're a fringe playoff team. Personally. I know a lot of people were big on them last Agreed. year. They were sneaky cup favorites going into the playoffs and then they ran into the blues who we are going to talk about next. 
Um, if my computer could load, that'd be great. I so, don't think the wild make it. I think they just miss out. I would um, tend to agree. Yeah, that uh, I, I think the Pacific Division is going to be a little better this year than people might think, um, which is going to play a role in the wild card standings. So our next team is the St. Louis Blues. Who did they lose? They lost David Perron, Vili Huso, Dakota Joshua, Mackenzie McKee. I can't say that. And Charlie McEachern. McEachern and Charlie Lindgren. Um, and who did they add? Nolachari, Josh Lievo, Thomas Grice, Matthew Highmore, and Marty, Marty Furk. Uh, so the Blues, they lose what I would probably consider their best playoff player, David Perron. Uh, what was probably their number one goaltender for half the season in Billy Huso. And they didn't really bring in anybody to kind of replace that, in my opinion. Um, the big question mark, it's the obvious one, is Bennington going to find his Stanley Cup form again? I don't know if I'll say Stanley Cup form. I think he'll find his starting goaltender form again this season and settle down. I think the last couple of years were just kind of weird for everyone. And I think they just affected him a little bit more than uh, some of the other attendees that we saw out there. I look at this forward depth and I got to be honest, lines one through three, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I think the whole thing is pretty good. Honestly, even the fourth line, the way they have it, Nathan Walker, Nola Chari, and Clem Costin. I, I mean, that like this is a good team. This should be a good hockey team. Forwards look great. Defense looks very good, in my opinion. That second uh, line is a nightmare to play against. Forward line, Sada, yeah. Riley, Cairo. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 tough. That's a bunch of like good hockey players. <laughs> No other way to put it. They're, I th- they're, they should have a good power play, too. I think that's going to be another good thing for the Blues this year. Um, like Harry said, it's all about Bennington. If he can play well, this could be one of the best teams in the league straight And up. they are going to miss um, Scandella for like four to six months now, right? That's true. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, their decor as it stands, I think the top four is absolutely nasty. I would put it up there, you know, maybe in the top five top fours in the league with Krug and Falk on line one. Letty and Pareko on line two. Ask any person. Good luck from, getting a puck past those two. Ask any person from Long Island how they feel about Letty leaving town, and they'll tell you that guy can that guy can play, and he's a phenomenal Absolutely. skater. Oh yeah. Um, and then I'm, that last line, Mikola and Bertuzzo. I don't hate it as a third. Pair. No, I yeah. don't hate that either. There's there's some physicality to that for sure. Also, how about Tarasenko? I mean, like after all the drama last year, asking to leave. Okay, we're gonna trade him. We're gonna trade him. We're gonna trade him. Don't trade him. Have a good playoffs. And now all of a sudden he's like, no, I don't want to go anywhere. Okay. I think because they finally got off their ass and started to draft well and spend money to bring people in. Yeah, and I think that there were a couple pieces that fell into place that helped. Robert Thomas had a huge year last year, uh, and then he got his payday. So, you know, Buchnevich comes over, a fellow Russian. He played really well. Um, you know, I, I like what the Blues are doing. I, I really do. I think that they have a very decent chance of of winning the division, and not only that, maybe going deep into the you know third round, possibly Stanley Cup final. I think they're a really sneaky dark horse team. We've That's seen this saying. from this team. They don't need to have a plus talent to get it done. Plus 900, like you almost might want to take that like now. Like seriously, that's that's really good. I, I feel like it's only going down in value like from game one yeah. of the season. I mean, unless they nosedive, but... Time will tell, but you could tell that we are big St. Louis guys here. Our interns kicking himself as we say that. Predictions for where they end up? 
Um, I will say that they're going to finish in second in the division. I I think they could be a third round team. That's kind of where I see them. I could see them going up against Colorado um, in the third round. If like they're a wild card, let's say. I don't know. I can't remember how like the playoff format works because my brain's mush. But I could I'm... see them getting like a really shitty draw again in like the first round and struggling with that. But I also like I would be totally comfortable saying that the St. Louis Blues will make the second round if that makes I, sense. I'm gonna go first in the Central. Uh, that this is my pick to to win the division. Uh, I do think there's a lot of potential for them to run into trouble early on in the playoffs. But I would say you know with the right with the coin flipping in in their favor, they could end up in the third round. And I like that the Thomas Grice pickup. Not quite Huso in my opinion, but a guy who can hold down the fort if need be. You can lean on him for twenty games or whatever, something like that. 20, as as long games. as Bennington's your A one, he's fine. Yep. Um, all right, moving on. The Dallas Stars. Who did they lose over the offseason? They lost Alex Radulov to Russia, Michael Raffle to Switzerland, Braden Holpe on IR for the season, Andre Sakara and John Klingberg leave the team. Additions, uh, the cap killer Mason Marchment, Colin Miller, and Logan Stankoven. Uh, they had the 18th pick in the draft this year. I think two big questions. I had one on here, but with today's news, now we have two. Uh, as we're recording this on September 21st, Jason Robertson is holding out from training camp until he gets his payday. I would argue he is their best player on the team. You have to pay him. I don't know how you don't. And then the bigger question, could Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben get their shit together? Or just Listen, just leave at this point. Like go leave. anywhere else that, other than the that, Dallas Stars. That. Where someone could use you. Like this, just this team is why, a, is a mess. Can I just say that? Can we all agree? This team, like, what are they doing? They are they. I feel like they are having identity crisis. They've got freaking Jason Robertson, and they've also got Joe Pavelski. Like, which you know, no hate to Joe Pa. He's he's still got some game left in him. He played really well last year. Oh no, I would he take him to. on my team in a heartbeat. He he's a good player, but they're just like like who are they? Who are the Dallas Stars? What is their identity? Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, like y'all said, biggest question marks on the team. Are they healthy? Are they any good? Even if they are, are they hurt? Are they? whatever yeah. playing like yeah. i mean half the time you don't even see them a lot yeah. of in, a lot of injuries between the two of them i, I think just, that like, i'm sagan, shocked if, that they haven't moved them if sagan can stay healthy he can do something good for them i think and this might be controversial jamie ben i think it's over for, for I, I i would agree with you i think that art ross was a fluke i'm sorry no, he, i think he had two or three really solid seasons where it was like oh shit but the way he plays you know, he's a bruiser. He's a shot blocker. He gets in front. You he, know, he's been he dinged doesn't up even like he's still one of the guys that doesn't have to wear a freaking visor. And while that is yeah. badass, that's how, you know, it's like, all right, all right, yeah. Gramps, it's time. Yeah, I, yeah. I we'll we'll see what happens. Um, the one shining star on this team, I will say, well, they have two. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, guy we haven't mentioned yeah, yet. Maybe. Last I, year wasn't great. I'm hoping I, for a bounce back for him. I, but. I think he has a bounce back. I'm 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 pretty confident on that. And then Jake Ottinger, whom you know he was an absolute beast, historically good against the Flames last year in round one. People forget they took the Flames seven. They, they almost did. upset him. Did it went to overtime too, right? 
It did, where Johnny Hockey ended it. I agree with Mac. I don't know what this team is. It's kind of a bunch of decent pieces and horrible pieces all thrown together. It's a bunch together. of random guys. It's so, a bunch of random guys. They've got freaking Harley Davidson on the third line, <laughs> on the third D pairing with Yanni Hockenpah or whatever. Oh, my God. Um, I love this team because, to me, they're just like – the blues, the wild and the stars are like the three different stages of incompetence. It's like the blues <laughs> have figured it out. They had a mishmash of random ass players. They put it together and won a Stanley cup. Now they've got two young guys in their system that they're building around the wild. Just have a bunch of random people that no one wanted or came up through their system. And they're like kind of figuring it out. And then the stars are just a fucking mess. They have talent. They've got young guys and no one knows what the hell is going on. Can I sum up the Dallas stars by, just saying one of their players' names. Yep. Yeah. Scott Wedgwood. Like, <laughs> like, like literally, they're like, "Yeah, he can be our backup goalie this year." It's yeah. like, hey, Okay. I I'm guess. not. I'm not huge on the defensive core. I'll be honest. Um, oh no. Just, just bad. not my cup of tea, personally. Big they loss acquire- with uh, Klingberg. Dude, Ryan yeah. Suter has to be at least 48 years old by now. <laughs> I, I think he, he's either about to be 40. He's like 39. He's got to be up there. I mean, somewhere. don't get me wrong. American Olympic legend, Ryan Suter. I love this man, but it also it might be time to hang him up soon or yeah. just leave the Dallas stars so they can stop suffering. I am not thinking that this is a playoff team just because I don't think Sagan and Ben can really bring it like they used to. I love the Marchment signing. I'll be honest. He's a gamer. You guys know that as well as I do, but I'm not I'm not sold. I just don't I think with Ben and Sagan kind of lacking the depth is not there. Yeah. Love that Marchment wear, is wearing his dad's number this year though. That's awesome. That is badass. Definitely. Yeah, it is. Uh and Ottinger, he could maybe go up for Vesna, depending how he plays. Don't know. He was Well, insane. that's another one though that I'm like, he could, he totally could, or was it a fluke? Like he might just yeah, small return. sample size. He might fall down back down to and- earth. No fluke with that mask, though. How awesome is that? That's true. That shit is awesome. Uh, What do you guys think? I think based on what you're saying, no playoffs. Not even close. Nope. One of the bottom leaders. And another reason I'll say this, and last thing about the Stars, they tend to have some of the worst injury luck ever. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just fully expecting them to continue with that this year. Nick, this was a team when we started the pod four seasons ago. We were always so big on them, and oh, how the mighty have fallen. It yeah. Feels, it, you until, know. until they change the uniforms, they will not be good. That's Go back they have to, to go. The, they have to change the look, change the era, go, go back, back, back to the, to freaking, the 90s ones. Come yeah, on, buddy. What exactly. are you doing? Like, ding, ding, ding. Here we go. Jersey rat. The Mike Madonna, Pierre Turgeon, Darian Hatcher. Like, come on. Like, go back to that. That's what we want to see. If you're new here, uh, we are definitely big uniform critics. So basically yourself. take every uniform now and put it to what it was when we were like three, four, five, six years old. Yep. Yep. And you're good. Yep. <laughs> uh, the reverse retro is coming out soon. Um, <laughs> all right. We are moving on to the Nashville Predators. Who did they lose? They lost Luke Kuhn and David Riddick. And Matt Benning, who did they add? Nino Niederreiter, John Leonard, Ryan McDonough, Kevin Lankinen, and Zach Sanford. Uh, they had the 17th pick in the draft. And many people are saying that this could be the most improved team this offseason on paper. What do you guys think the Predators are capable of this season with some of the new faces in new places? I love this team. 
I, Ooh, I'm, there I'm, it is. I'm looking at this team on Daily Faceoff right now, and they they should be a good hockey team. Do I feel like there's still a chance that they won't be? Yes, because they're the Nashville Predators, and sometimes <laughs> they just be acting bad for no reason. But I mean, if you look at this team from top to bottom, there really isn't any on paper reasons for them to suck. Well, um, their first line center, but. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Uh, that's an that's an age old EB thing. That's yeah, it's a running even EB before joke. I got here. I got no beef with Ryan Johansson. What I will say is their D is nasty, sexy. Yeah, Roman Yossi and Dante Fabro, Ryan McDonough, Matthias Ekholm, Jeremy Lazan, and Alex Carrier. That's like, yeah, their defense is sheesh. like it's not like. The cute girl you bring home to mom, it's like the girl that you see out, you're like, oh shit. Like, that's their defense. I like that. I like that a lot. The goaltending is fucking great. You see Soros. Oh, love Kev- it. Kevin Lankinen in, the, in in back got freaking mentored by Flurry. He was like freaking yeah. best friends with MAF while they were on the Blackhawks. I love, I love that. I think he's more than capable of playing 20, 25 games, something like that. I think that this is a team that could and should be really good. I love that third and fourth line too. Gritty sandpaper. Yeah. Their, their bottom six will have to like be good for, you know, yeah. five to 12 goals a piece or and whatever. Glass in the middle and Tomasino on the right on four. Both of those guys can flat out play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Zach Sanford, Caps fans know it. He That guy's a gamer. Blues fans know it. Yep. That guy's a freaking gamer. I think Tanner Janot, another name that maybe people don't talk about too much, but he did get um, a couple nominations for Rookie of the Year last year. He was top either he, I think he was top five in hits in the NHL. This he dude was. can bring it. Yep. Uh, he is a playoff caliber player. Gotta love that. Uh, Mikel Granlin, I think he's you know progressed a lot in, since he got to Nashville. And then last year we saw the resurgence of Matt Duchesne. I mean, he played out of his mind. If he can repeat that, I think they're going to be in really good shape. Uh, and obviously they re-upped Forsberg. He's here to stay. So, I love yeah. Nino on this team. I, I was going to say that might be a right bigger in. move than McDonough, to be honest. He fits right in with like the just the grit of this team. I think he's going to love Nashville. I think they're going to love him. Can anyone say anything about Eli Tolvanen? That's kind of a question mark for me. Like, do we? I know liked what, what I saw last year. I think they're probably looking for a, another big step in that direction. So it's just going to be a classic wait and see what we're going to get here. He's got a lot of promise. I think they're they're affiliates Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Yep. He d- he did a lot of time in Milwaukee before they called him up, and I know that when we had Pete Weber on, he talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this right. kid's got God, a lot. What of an promise. amazing interview that was! Oh yeah. Go back in time if you haven't listened already. Um, I think he's got a lot of promise. So I would say, I think that Nashville will finish third in this division, and I think they will be a playoff team. I think they get in. I think Soros heats up, and I think that this team goes a little bit deeper in the offs than anyone else was thinking. I think they end up as a first wild card team. I think either either slow start or maybe a couple injuries keep them from from getting one of those top three division spots. But I think they they sneak in in the wild card, and then I think they make some noise in the playoffs. Nick, I think you hit the nail on the head in that you know it's like the wild the blues and the predators are all three of like that same kind of franchise. I mean, the blues got the cup recently, so maybe they're a little more 
out I said of wild league. blues and stars, but yeah, stars. Preds you could throw I, in there too. Well, throw the stars in there too. They all kind of have that same vibe to them. Yeah. I think the blues are obviously the best out of those four that we just named, but in any order, no one knows where those teams finish in the standards. Absolutely. It could be totally random. Although I don't think Dallas is going to do much. No, they'll be at the bottom. Um, and we are going to move on to the team with probably the some of the most off-season drama that we've seen in a while. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they lose Paul Stastny, Evgeny Sveshnikov, and Eric Comrie. I think it's worth reiterating. They also lost Paul Maurice last season. Yep. They bring in Dave Riddick. Sa- Nick, help me. Sock. Saku, you got this. Manianian. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it's I think it's Menalinen, but yeah. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, and then Chaz Luch Luchias. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, yeah, Blake Wheeler recently got stripped of their captaincy. They're not going to have a captain this season. I think that story is really funny. The locker room culture seems to be an issue. I think this team is in shambles. What do you guys think? Implosion. It's time. Blow it up. Here we go. Where are they going next? We think in Quebec City. We think in, you know, back down <laughs> to the States. Like Atlanta's the only city to have and lose two NHL franchises. And I think Winnipeg is knocking on the door. And don't tell me that the Jets were WHA and that doesn't count. But can they please get rid of Connor Hellebuck? It's stupid for them to have him on their team. Like that's the only like really freaking like this guy deserves to be somewhere else doing way better anywhere else. Yeah. Imagine if this dude, like I'd rather this dude be the starting goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres than the Winnipeg Jets. What was the, uh, did you guys see the rumors? Something about like, it was right after Wheeler got stripped of the C and it was like, somebody was saying that, um, yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was line a or, or somebody was saying that no one wanted to go to the Jets because Shifley and Wheeler like ruined the locker room chemistry or something like that. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, this team's weird. I, you know, it's correct me if I'm wrong. Luke Dubois like doesn't have an extension there. He's going to be a free agent after this season, right? He is. I, and, I just, I don't know. It's like I'm shocked that between Ehlers, Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler, all four of those pieces are still there. Yeah, you think they would have tried to get something for one of them to help I mean, the rest of the Kyle team? Kyle Connor's freaking sick. That guy, yeah, he's all yeah. he's all world goal scorer for sure. Yeah, um, and that kid Cole Perfetti, he's nasty. Yeah. Yep. I think he's going to be yeah. a solid piece. But I agree, there's something not right with this team. I don't love bottom the bottom six. six. Ain't it? Bottom no. six. No. Oh god, that no. is not it. <laughs> I don't like the defense either. If we're being honest, I mean, you know, Brendan Dillon on the top pairing. I hope that's not how they stack up. I mean, on opening more, night. I, I don't know if it, like Morrissey, I don't know how literally, I think could be yeah. better than him. Yeah, I don't know how literally I take daily face off with like yeah. first and second. But no, I agree. Nate Schmidt and Morrissey, that's respectable. But after that, you know, Pionk and Dillon, not huge on it. Logan Stanley and Dillon Demello, not huge on it. They're I don't big think and physical. That's the Jets brand, but like, can they actually like yeah. do it? Yeah, I don't think. But like, that team. was the Jets brand when they had Buff. Yeah, like I feel like they've just been trying to fake it ever since Buff That's stopped playing. True. They've got big save yeah. days. Because like, I mean, guys, think about this. This team, I was saying like in 2018, I was like, if this team beats Vegas and makes it to the Cup final, the Caps don't have a chance in hell of beating them. I remember thinking yeah. that. Yeah, they were really good. Um, I don't know what happened. 
this team is so yeah. boring now though like yeah I, I i might rather watch almost any other team play hockey than this team this year yeah i i would say kyle connor's the only real like shining star he's here. exciting he's ehlers when he turns it on is exciting too but I yeah mean, they, they score some exciting goals but i just feel like as a whole like they they're cut like they look boring that the uniforms are boring they play a boring brand of hockey the the city is like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like that is boring dude just put them on blast um yeah what do I we think... think about the tendies they have uh connor and then big save dave big save dave i mean how look you know what you're gonna get he's still a top some would say five i'll say top 10 goalie in the league but i would like to see them move him and kind of rebuild maybe get rid of shifley and wheeler too and start that whole youth movement well, i know what they're doing this. Let me ask you guys this. If we think that Hellebuck, which it seems like we all think that Hellebuck is more than capable of still being a good goalie this season, is he worth, this is for all you fantasy kings out there, is he worth a fantasy draft still? Because how many teams, or how many games realistically is this team going to win? That's a good point. They're that, like, they're a fringe playoff team. I feel like that they're, they're going to be like two to three standing spots below the wild card they'll be respectable but can their d keep pucks out of their net like is hell of a gonna be getting lit up all year long or is he gonna be that or he's gonna have to pull a couple like 50 save games out of his ass again yeah yeah it's a question uh, mark i think we're all in agreement this is not a playoff team no absolutely and i would love to see this team like not because i don't want winnipeg to be in the nhl but like split these guys up send them somewhere else and rebuild yeah I'm with you. Any Unless Canada's plan is to have the Jets just hang on to Hellebuck being like, okay, look, like the NHL is probably going back to the Olympics in a little bit. We can't have the Americans have any chance at beating us. So we'll <laughs> keep this guy here and make him miserable. That way, when the time comes, he won't be ready. Uh, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. It's coming. World Cup of Hockey. Stay tuned. Right? Um, all right, we are going to move on to the Chicago Blackhawks to our intern Jackson. If you're listening, I would recommend you just skip ahead by like 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> departures, uh, let me take a deep breath because this is gonna be a long <laughs> one. <clears throat> Alex DeBrinket gone, Kirby Doc gone, Dylan Strom gone, Kubali gone, Likening gone, DeHaan gone, Brett Connolly gone, Colin Delia gone, Eric Gustafson gone, Henrik Bjorkstrom gone. Uh, additions, Max Domi. Andreas Athanasiu, Peter Mrazek, Alex Stock, Colin Blackwell, and elite NHL sniper Jack Johnson. Um, okay, so I think the big question going into this season, nobody expects much from the Hawks. All the drama is about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, specifically Patrick Kane. Is he going to stay a Blackhawk this season, or will we see Patrick Kane dealt? He's going to get dealt. You yeah, really believe that? He'll get dealt at some point this year, in my opinion. Who do you think is going to go after Patrick Kane? Buffalo. Vegas. That doesn't, Max doesn't surprise me because that fits the brand perfectly. And Nick's doesn't surprise me because I think he'd fit in great. And that's his hometown. And they're a young team that needs a, a leader. And I, was, I call I called this like two years ago, so I'm just going to keep saying it until it happens. You did call this long before anyone else was talking about it. And granted, I would love to see him go to Buffalo, but unfortunately, oh, yeah. I am scared he's going to get end up in like freaking Vegas. What would be crazy that is not a team that either of us just said. And I heard some local Chicago uh, like 
Dah Bears type of guys. Like, <laughs> Bill Swirsky. <laughs> yeah, those type of guys like drinking a Miller talking about this at a bar a couple weeks ago about how they think there's an off chance that he ends up with the Detroit Red Wings, which oh would, my would, would God. literally like be like putting a fucking dagger <laughs> in the hearts of everybody in Chicago, which would be crazy. But the other one I was thinking was LA. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I heard Anaheim thrown in there a little bit too. They got some oh, young pieces. Yeah, that I mean the, the the thing about Buffalo, if you follow NHL discussion um, or Puck Empire, you'll know this. Both of them have Buffalo's farm system ranked number one in the NHL. They got the pieces to do this. They have the salary cap room. It would be a great story, in my opinion. Um, I I, I want to say that he'll get dealt during the year, but you know how like big trades of this magnitude. It's always an off-season thing, I feel like. Like, you know, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll trade deadline. No, they want to wait till free agency or the draft. Like, you know, I, I but then again, Chicago, they're going to suck. Like, they're not going to be good at all. What I want to happen is for him to get dealt in, like, like literally, like, November or, like, yeah. December. But what I think will happen is he'll get dealt at the deadline. I think it's going it, to be a deadline deal. I think deal. it will take that long. And the, the Hawks have already said, or his agent has already said, like, we're not going to do a deal off season. It's going to have yeah. to be during the year this year. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, the roster, I don't want to <laughs> oh dwell my on that. God. I don't uh... want to talk about this too much because it's, it's, I mean, it's they have good. the Jones brothers on defense. There you go. There you they've go. Got, uh, they've got a radish playing right wing on the second <laughs> line for them. All right. I everyone don't... say something nice about the Blackhawks. <laughs> Um, Boris, I, I, B- Boris, yeah. Boris. I don't that's really. What I, I have to say that's nice about them. I don't have a lot. I mean, I don't. I really don't want to talk about this team, and I know our interns gonna be mad about that. But there's not a lot to say. They're gonna be bottom feeders. Every defense, all the, is, defense is kind of one of the worst in the league. Nobody will talk about the Blackhawks unless it's about Patrick Kane trade rumors, and that's or, the storyline for the year. Yeah. Going hard for Bedard. Well, yes, True. that's we us three have been saying that. What's funny <laughs> is um I one of the guys that is in the Empty Betters Fantasy League, um a guy from Marquette that I was telling you about, Tom Fellers, shout out if you're listening. Um he named his team like stuck between the Hawks and a Bedard place. That's funny. And <laughs> he also disclosed to me today, and this is a classic Hawks thing to say right now. Uh, because he's a diehard Hawks fan, he said he was like, you know, honestly, hot take, but I feel like Kirby Doc is a huge bust, and we fleece them in that trade. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, uh, not... you keep telling yourself that, buddy. Right? Yeah, that's that's not how that works. <laughs> when he puts uh, up thirty in Montreal, then we can talk about that. St. Louis got away with young players, but no, n- uh, nonetheless, I don't have much more to say about this team. They're going to be bottom feeders and. I think we could move on to another team that we don't have to talk about a lot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we are moving on to the Arizona State Coyotes. Beta yeah. house. Can we just say that the biggest, the, maybe one of the most watched games of the year, low-key, might be their first home game at Arizona State. I can't sure. wait. Um, so, yeah, they lost. Let me pull up the notes here. Apologies. They lost over the offseason Phil Kessel Anton Stroman, Alex Galchenyuk, Louis Erickson, and Antoine Roussel. And they added, arguably, if you ask my buddy Mark, the worst player in the NHL, Patrick Nemeth, uh, Troy Stetcher, Zach Cassian, and Joshua Brown. 
I haven't really talked too much about draft picks this episode, but their number one prospect in their entire organization automatically becomes Logan Cooley, who they drafted third out of the United States Hockey League, and Connor Geeky at number 11. I like those picks a lot. Um, guys, There's they're playing in a college arena. I mean, I think that kind of sums up how the season's going to go. Listen, all you need to know about this team is that they've got Dyson Mayo playing D for them. Freaking <laughs> freaking Hellman's on D. Hellman's. <laughs> it's, yep. uh, yeah. Now, Mac, your favorite non-caps player in the NHL, in my opinion, based on last season, their goaltender, Karel Vimalka. V- v- you love Vimalka. I love Karel. Karel the Threl Vimalka. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Yotes. Uh, their first line center is going to be Travis Boyd. I don't think it goes much further than that. Capitals uh, legend, Travis Boyd. Does he have and his name on the Stanley Cup? Too. Uh, he does, right? think he does i think he played I, a game in the postseason i thought he did but in all seriousness these guys should do everything in their power to become last place and get counter bedard and just completely he, he hit reset good in the kachina he would but it's what? the coyotes they're gonna find a way to fuck this up they've got too much like scrap they're gonna be like no we want to win like 35 games <laughs> yeah I, I i don't have much i really have nothing to say else so if, if you guys don't then i think this episode is almost over like i think if between these guys and the hawks for who's going for the bedard sweepstakes i have so much more confidence in the chicago blackhawks as a franchise to go out there and be bad than yeah. i do about this team well one thing we should talk about is Jacob Chikrin. He's got to get dealt, right? He's been begging to – I saw a thing today that he wants to be on a playoff contending team, and can you blame him? He's a good player. I would also there, – there's a few players on this team that I really think they could move and, and get good returns for. Nick Schmaltz, they could, they could honestly get a decent return yeah. for a guy like that. Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller for sure. Hayton. Maybe even Christian Fisher. Like, I feel like – that's another piece that they could move and get a little bit of something, something back. How about that fourth line center though, Harry? Nick Bukestad, all-star, yeah, baby. all-star injury team. Yeah. <laughs> he might play five games this year. Let's go. Oh my God. Um, yeah, man, I, I feel bad for the Yotes. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those instances where you're like, how many times do they have to blow it up until it works? Like the Oilers. Right. Um, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no other words they're going to be bottom feeders and that's that chickering gets dealt that he's a solid solid d-man immediately becomes a top pairing d-man don't ask me why i have a strange feeling that somehow the new york islanders are going to weasel their way into that trade that talk. would that would so make sense it yep. just seems like Chikrin a in, yeah. in long island that yeah. would be their like their superstar signing too, because they won't can, pay the money for anyone else. But a I can also already hear all the Long Islanders mispronouncing his name. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Come on, it's Ch- it's Chikrin. It's Chikrin. Chikrin. Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever you yeah. say. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for our previews, fellas. What? Wh- who would you say are the? Who's going to finish top three? Give me your top three in this division. I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. I'll go Avalanche, St. Louis, Nashville. Copy and paste. I'm going to go St. Louis, Colorado, and the and then either Nashville or Minnesota. Okay. 
kind of I feel like the, there's three teams that really suck. The Stars and Predators are question marks in the wild. And then the Blues and the Avalanche are good. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's this. I would say this is the least deep division, in my opinion. Three teams that just really. Suck <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the shallowest division, in my opinion. It would, would once Probably. was the deepest is now yeah. I'd say the shallowest. Yeah, definitely. I think the Pacific is deeper than this. Can I um, just say, I think that, I mean, this was the case last year and I feel like has been the case for a couple of years, but I actually think it's going to be even stronger <laughs> this year is that I think the West has, has fallen off even harder. Like, yes. I, like the East is so much better than the West. And yeah. you can't help think it's got something to do with the travel. I mean, those guys like the East, yeah, the Eastern conference guys, point. I mean, to go from, you know, uh, caps flying from DC yeah. to Philly. That's what, like a 40 minute flight. If Literally. that counting, yeah. getting to the tarmac and up in the air, I mean, to go from Calgary to Dallas, like, yeah, I don't yeah, even nice. want to know what that's got to be at least seven hours, right? Well, Five, even, maybe even guys on the same division are traveling pretty dang far. Like yeah. in a lot of cases, well, you also factor in like, let's say you want to play for a Canadian team. Who fuck wants to live in Edmonton or Calgary? Like nobody. Yeah. Who wants to live in Toronto or Montreal and play for those teams? You know, maybe a lot more guys. Well, it's like Edmonton and Calgary and Winnipeg during hockey season, which is October through uh, like what regular season ends in April. Yeah. It snows all those months up there. Like, yeah, of course no one wants to live there. Right. And then you talk about the bad teams over there. Like who the hell wants to play for the coyotes? Nobody. They play on a college campus. Let's say it, I'm calling the, them beta house all year. So even, even when the Panthers were bad, people Ooh. were like, yeah, I'll play for the Panthers. I right. live near the beach. I there's no state tax, like whatever yeah. t-shirt idea, like a Arizona coyotes thing, but in Greek letters. And it says like fall rush 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That would actually be really funny. That'd I think funny. that's a home run. Somehow yeah. we got to like get it. Uh, we got to like pay Instagram to put it on the timelines of all the ASU kids. Oh, absolutely. Any so final... if anyone needs to DM people from ASU, I will fall on that sword. I'll do that, guys. <laughs> oh, I don't want you. I don't job. want you to have to be busy. Oh, I'll, I'll take care of that. Yeah, All such right. a hard job. Let's, um, let's end this now. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. All Abs right. Mayo. Abs good. Yotes bad. Tyson Mayo. <laughs> um, yeah. Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, if you're new here, just get used to it. So appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, hockey is almost back here in full swing. Uh, we'll be hitting you with the Pacific Division preview later this week, and you will be getting the Eastern Conference teams next week, which I know we're all excited for. Uh, can't wait for all the New Yorkers especially to listen to what Mac has to break down for the Metro Division. So that And will they're going to agree with all of it. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, 100%. Love yous. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Appreciate the love and support. And as always, without further ado, class dismissed.